This is Impact Hustlers, the podcast on the entrepreneurs that solve the world's biggest social and environmental problems. And I'm your host, Michael Schaffrath. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review and share the episode, most importantly, with a friend. To keep updated on new episodes, visit impacthustlers.com and sign up for our email alerts. And follow us on Twitter as well, at Impact Hustlers. Enjoy today's episode and let's go. Impact Hustlers, the podcast on entrepreneurs and change makers that are creating solutions to the world's biggest problems. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Fast Forward 2030 and Real Changers. Visit fastforward2030.com to learn how to include the global goals into your business model and realchangers.com to find talent and careers with impact. And this is your host, Michael Shafra. On today's episode, I speak to Jay McGregor, founder and editor-in-chief of Point, an investigative journalism YouTube channel. For the channel, they have worked with leading publishers like Forbes and Engadget to expose scandals such as a Ponzi scheme based on Bitcoin and Russian propaganda on social platform Reddit. Now Jay and his team are preparing to launch a game called Misinformer, which revolves around the issue of fake news. It uses real-life stories that have been exposed by Point and fictionalizes them. The player becomes the journalist tasked with investigating the issue and uh, it seems like a really exciting game to come. Misinformer is currently crowdfunding on Kickstarter, so do check that out. And it's great to have you on the show, Jay. Thank you very much. I like that intro. It's so, it's, so odd to see, <laughs> it's so odd to hear your work described, summarized by somebody else. You know, you kind of you just you just working on your own thing, and then all of a sudden, someone you're just, just in says, that tunnel, yeah, and then yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. you're doing all these things uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sat in you shall be interviewed. So yeah, it's it's unusual to be on this end of the interviewing side. I, I have that experience every now and then when somebody asks me to write uh, submit a bio about me, and then I have to update it. And I'm yeah, like, okay, I'm doing all these things. Oh God, how do I manage? <laughs> Great to have you and. If one looks at your profile, you've been a freelance journalist for, for many years, working for all kinds of publications. And uh, describe to us a bit maybe the work that you used to do as a freelance journalist and what led you to start Point out of that work. Yeah, sure. So um, I've been a journalist since, um, oh, let me think, 2011, I think. Um, so I started off in gaming journalism. Um, so reviewing news, that kind of stuff. Um, well, if you the, the true origin story was that I was a press packer when I was about six. Do you know what that is? When I was about six years old, actually, no. yeah. So um, back in the day, I don't know if you still have it. But they used um, BBC News Rounds, mm. um, which is like news for kids on BBC. Um, they used to have a thing where you could be like an associate journalist mm. um, with them, and I was a press packer, which is what, is what they called it. Um, and all that meant was you send off an application, they send you back some pack, and then that was it. I didn't do anything else. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know why I did that, but for some reason, obviously, there was the the bug of journalism in me. Um, but yeah, I, I started getting into it properly in 2011. Um, I was in gaming journalism. It was uh, fun. It was interesting. I switched into tech and started writing for The Guardian. Um, and then sort of other places came along, like Tech Radar, uh, The Independent, um, Evening Standard, a whole bunch of places. Um, and yeah, I guess with Point, the reason I started it was because, obviously Forbes as well, um, the reason I started Point was because I felt like there wasn't enough 
tech investigative journalism around. Um, as you know, with tech journalism, a lot of it is based around products and reviews, which is good. People need to know about that kind of stuff. It's really important. Um, but looking into the companies that are operating on social media, looking to companies that make these products um, and sort of doing that extra deep dive um, and how these companies and this, this technology affects society, there wasn't enough of that around. Um, there's a lot more around now, but I kind of felt like I wanted to do that type of journalism and getting a commission to do a story like that um, is difficult because you may very well get commissioned, but if it takes you two weeks to do the story and you get, say, £250 for the story, that's not even a quarter of your rent, you know? So um, I, I kind of feel like maybe if I do my own thing, I can do the stories that I want to do them in the way I want to do them and make all of the money from it as well at the same mm. time. So hence point was born that's Amazing. how it started investigative journalism has been quite squeezed and i guess the whole business model behind it is only like a few media organizations that really invest a lot of money in investigative journalism at least from my perspective i'm not as much into the space mm. as you but obviously it seems like a risky business for many media organizations because you can pour a lot of money into a lot of research and journalists go out and spend months and months maybe on researching certain stories and then either nothing comes out of it or something comes out of it, but then how do you monetize that, right? So um, how do you see the whole investigative journalism space and then how do you believe that point can you can make a difference and aren't you scared in yeah. that space? <laughs> like actually... Yeah building a business in that space yeah well yeah obviously um you know it's well known journalism has its financial issues everybody knows that um and in particular investigative journalism is not something that is done to make money um it's not something that's monetized easily and um there's it's very difficult to justify spending lots of money on multiple journalists and lawyers and fact checkers to have one story that might not even have a particularly big impact. Um, everyone thinks about spotlight or these, you know, big stories, but, um, a lot of those stories, which are really, you know, um, important stories that are, that are relevant to a lot of people. Um, and, uh, is needed in society. A lot of those stories aren't, don't have a big splash or, or a big moment or don't even change that much um so yeah that is difficult and it's difficult to justify that um that is why we came up with the game working out with misinformer um when we started when i started the channel i knew that this you can't just publish these stories and hope you know maybe you'll get some a sponsor or hope that you'll get lots of views it's not going to work as we've seen with youtube things go wrong um youtube had something called the apocalypse where they sort of um removed monetization from a lot of channels and a lot of videos which has affected us so um it's you can't just rely on another platform to pay you like that you need to sort of own how you make money for this kind of stuff um And, and we spent a lot of time thinking about, thinking about how to come up with an ethical way to make money from journalism. And by make money, I mean simply just support the journalism. I'm not interested in being a millionaire. I simply just want to make sure that we can continue to do this important work. Um, and that's where we came with the game. Um, and this is something we sat around a long, you know, a good couple of weeks just figuring out exactly what we're going to do with this and how we're going to make money from it. Um, and the game itself, uh, I think, is a really unique way to make money from journalism it, it, with the game. So the, the short of it is um, it's a detective-based uh, mobile and, and hopefully PC game. The short of it is that um, every time we publish a new story on point, we fictionalize it 
and turn it into a downloadable update for the game. So players will always get to play a version of the news. Um, what that means is it, it is incumbent on us to make sure we always do good quality reporting. So with journalism now, um, you do not need to do good quality reporting to make money from journalism. You can do whatever kind of story. Um, and actually, if anything, it's, it's geared towards making sure um, you have the best headline and a, ma- a mass amounts of traffic, right? Or convincing people to sign up um, uh, via Patreon or like a paywall. Um, both of those have their issues. But with the first one, with, with generating mass amounts of traffic, uh, it doesn't encourage good quality journalism. It encourages day-to-day journalism which is fine and, and has its place too, but people need to have a mix and society needs to have good quality reporting. So with the game, um, we won't have a way to make money. We won't have good quality stories for the game without good quality reporting. Um, you're not going to be able to, t- you're not gonna be able to make a detective story out of, a, out of like a, uh, a daily news story about the latest iPhone cable. There's no detective story in that, right? You know, pe- people are not going to pay for a download about that um, and you know nothing wrong with that reporting that's all good I, I've done plenty of that and still do some of that sometimes but um, but what people are going to pay for is a really good narrative focused um, complex detective story that unfolds and um, really uh, engulfs people and is immersive and therefore you need to make sure you have good quality reporting so these two things are linked and I want to make sure that when we make money from this channel whatever way we do it it is a way that improves and it improves the journalism and, is, and makes the journalism necessary mm. so, that's, so that's kind of where we ended up so I think if we can pull it off this will be a future way to fund journalism it'll be a new way to do it um, and I think a lot of other pu- publications who have good quality reporting like The Guardian like ProPublica um, they will look at stuff like this too because it's an ethical way to do it mm. um, and, I, and I think it's something that could potentially change how people consume journalism, but also um, how journalists do their work as well. Encourages mm. that better quality of reporting. This is quite an interesting approach. I haven't mm. seen anybody do it in, in this way to kind of almost hack the business model in the way of saying, okay, how can we use this content as yeah. something else and monetize it in a different way beyond just putting up a paywall and saying, okay, you got to pay five pounds for this article. Or yeah, yeah. Like that, right? Yeah, I mean, we had to spend... we. we with other publications, they're all extremely busy, right? Um, they've got like a, if you take The Guardian, for example, they've got, have you been to, have you been to their offices? But they've got like a giant office in King's Cross. It's like five floors or something crazy. Um, and there's a lot of people who work there. They've all got to get paid. The rent's got to get paid on that building. Um, so you have to focus on the next day, the next month, the next paycheck. Um, whereas with, because we were starting fresh, we had some time to think about what we we're going to do. Um, so we, we could spend some time thinking outside the box. Whereas I think other publications probably can't do that as much, um, because the revenues are dwindling so much. So we had that time. And, um, I think because, um, when I say we, so it's me, my co-founder, Ed Spencer, and then um, the game builder, uh, Russell, um, I've forgotten Russell's name, Newman. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, Russ, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the, the three of us, you know, we, we all have different skills and we spent a bit of time figuring it out. And yeah, we, we could put together and come up with this sort of out the, um, out the box idea. 
Amazing. Mm. And uh, give us an example for a story that you know people would be able to play. Um, which ideas did you already have? Um, you've done already a bunch of reporting on point. So yeah, yeah, sure. Would you already take some of those stories and put them into the game? What, yeah, what, yeah. How, so how would it actually work? From, yeah, from the research about the story to publishing the story to being able to play the story. So we've got a few stories uh, good to go. Um, I don't, I don't, don't know how many I can reveal, but uh, the first one, at least, uh, which is in the Kickstarter, you can see, um, it's about a um, a moderator on a fictional forum called Conversely. Um, the the forum is a government uh, mandated uh, uh, forum, so basically, in this fictional world, the government runs the forums, or at least has one, um, and it's part of your national service to be a moderator on that. You do a year or two of that where you have to go and moderate uh, conversations, make sure they don't turn nasty or political, or make sure that they aren't gamed and then used to influence the public. Um, obviously, this has parallels with what's happening today. Um, and what happens is you're the moderator of a, a gardening uh, forum and all of a sudden it's political spam starts turning up. Um, and what you have to do as the uh, amateur detective citizen journalist is figure out where this spam's coming from. That's the first task. Um, so you use a whole bunch of different tools, like a data analysis tool, which we've used in real life, which kind of spots trends between bots and what they're saying um, and where those accounts were set up. Um, and it goes right through to like a sting operation on a company that you think might be behind certain stuff. And it just goes, it gets more and more intense per level. It goes up a level each time and the stakes get higher and higher. And it gets to a point where you're dealing with extremely high stakes stuff to do with um, the point why these bots are doing that in the first place. Um, and it's, I don't want to give away the story, but it's to do with uh, an upcoming election. Um, not in a way you might think, but the way it all unfolds, it's sort of quite an interesting story, if I do say so myself. Mm. <laughs> um, so I think having, we worked on a script for a good amount of time. Um, I think it's really gripping. Um, we, uh, we're hoping that when we first, when we launch the game, this is one that will come with it. Um, in terms of how we're going to turn these stories into games, um, we've got a guy who's a script writer. He's also a video editor. He's, like a, he's got a film background. Um, and obviously, I'll have my input as well. Um, but we, we will take our best story from mm. that month or mm. that six weeks um, or a story that we think has good potential to be a game update and then we will sit down and try and think of a really unique take on that story that could be a fictional version of it mm. so we'll sort of take the story take the key theme of the story extrapolate out and just try and figure out a really interesting um interesting story behind it basically and hopefully once that's done um the way we built the game we can pretty much just drop the stories directly into the game because it's a largely largely text-based game mm. um not dissimilar to something like papers please or something mm. like that um so we can drop the story into the game and it won't require loads of coding from us to make it fit a little bit but not loads so hopefully that means people will will be able to turn these stories around very quickly and people can play them have plenty to to choose from when uh, as and when they come out mm. yeah. but I, I also hope that people um there'll be a bit of a community about this so people will see our new report and try and guess what our story is going to be off the, off the back of that report um, if we've got like a, a forum uh, where people discuss our stories or maybe even just in the channel and, uh, in the comments um, people sort of guess how we're mm. going to turn it into a fictional thing and that becomes like a community thing then mm. um, but I think 
I think the stories will be very interesting. We've got mm. the first couple, um, we spent a good bit of time with, so I'm quite, I'm quite keen on those. And, and you're hoping to kind of address the fake news problem. Is What's the idea behind it? Is it the idea to educate people on how fake news work, or is it just creating a bit of awareness around the issue, or what's the kind of impact you're trying to make with the game, or is it people just having fun playing it? What well, yeah, both really. I mean, you, you might have some fun. You'll definitely have some fun playing. Yeah, let me get, <laughs> let me correct that. Yeah, <laughs> it's an entertaining game. You definitely will have some fun playing it. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, there, there is an aspect of it where you, you ultimately you you're participate. You're playing the game as a journalist, so you have to figure out um, uh, who's behind a conspiracy. That requires you to use. Um, a bunch of journalistic tools and it requires you to use um, to, to approach it in a journalistic way so um, that means you have to verify things that means uh, before you make your next choice because the game is based on choices and um, you can have different endings depending on your choices before you make your next choice um, it has to be based on facts and accuracy um, and if you get it wrong that will be reflected in the game you don't just lose it. Would, the way the game ends will be reflected on your choices Um so I think off the back of that, people will see that um, the amount of work that goes into being a journalist and getting things right. I mean, we don't always get things right, um, but we aim to at least, or at least good journalists aim to. Um, so people will naturally learn the process of that kind of thing. Um, because a lot of it is based around misinformation, a lot of these stories, and people will see how easily misinformation can spread and have an impact. Um, and I hope that will be uh, a teaching or learning moment because a lot of misinformation, and this happened to all of us, you read something, you're like, oh, that's really shocking. Um, and you go about your day. You might have just scrolled through Twitter and seen someone, oh, God, that's, I can't believe that's happened. Um, and you go about your day. Um, maybe you'll share it. Maybe you'll send it to somebody else. You don't really think too much about it. <clears throat> and what's happened is people have ended up... Um, this has had a massive impact in that uh, this because of social networks, this stuff gets retweeted, shared, and it spreads so quickly, especially when it's shocking. And the retraction doesn't spread at all. The retraction is seen by you know a small percentage of people. So I'm hoping people will just take that extra second and go, wait, let me just double check this. Where has it come from? What's this website? I've never heard of it before. Let me do a DNS search. Okay, hold on. This website was set up a week ago and it's come from wherever, right? Um, so that just that little bit of extra that can, doesn't take you know a minute maybe to look into that and you can see actually this is dodgy and people won't share it and if you don't share these things if they don't spread they can't have the impact that they intend to have um, so I'm hoping this has in, sm in some small way some impact on that on that process great um, let's talk a bit about your journey as a founder and starting a media company mm. and all that I think there's a few founders listening to this podcast <laughs> and mm. always um uh trying to improve and learn and uh, it, it can be a hard journey <laughs> mm. to to start any sort of company and maybe some would say starting a media company might be even harder uh, than many other sectors yeah, right with, with all the financial struggles i talked about previous or we talked about previously mm. so what's been the hardest part for you in terms of starting point and uh, then also getting onto this journey with misinformer with, with the game yeah, I mean, I, um, I've worked for myself for a long time um, and I have had to learn a lot of management skills. So we have a team of people. Um, I've had to learn a lot of management skills and um, I'm very much, 
I think a lot of people who are founders will recognize this. They've probably been freelancers or just, you know, just people who work by themselves. And you're used to doing everything yourself and stepping back and making sure you've hired these people because because you believe they can do the job and stepping back and, make, and letting them do their job, basically. And only just kind of only only intervening when when you're needed when you're asked um that's been a really important thing for me to learn um also um i I guess kind of just figuring out how you're gonna monetize your business in the right way because we don't have any investment we don't have any investment Um, we make our money primarily from um, doing production work uh, video production work because we're a video based publication so we do a lot of video production work because we're very good at making videos Um, so managing the time of us making videos plus doing the work we need to do to build the company um, that has been sort of a constant battle over the last Mm. couple of years Um, I think we've kind of got the balance right not entirely but we're we're still getting there Um, so managing your time if you don't have investment it's like it's a it's a grind it's like a hardcore grind if you don't have investment you're chased you, you're fighting for every pound to make sure everyone gets paid make sure your office rent gets paid and you do the thing you're doing to grow the company because it's very easy to to um get caught up in doing the work that makes the money but doesn't necessarily grow the company um and i don't want to do that i want to make sure that we're growing a company every single day in some way or another so finding that balance is is you know that's really important mm. um but really um it's been a case of just managing your time properly doing stuff that grows the company and also taking a moment to relax as mm. well you know mm. when it's when it's seven eight o'clock at night it's, you gotta put your phone down <laughs> you know it's, you could work 24 yeah. hours a day if you wanted to yeah. if you really really wanted to there will be something else some email you need to send something you need to look into mm. um and stopping and taking that I, and I only realized this in the last year but just taking that taking your break um and i mean properly taking a break is and i i turned my phone off um i think it's tim ferris i maybe read one mm. of his books and he said the thing about not looking at your phone past eight o'clock or something like that i i do that and it really makes a big difference i, I turn it down i put it upstairs and i'll chill out with my girlfriend and watch TV. one of the very few journalists that yeah <laughs> so i think journalists generally addicted to you know let's let's look at twitter let's yeah, see yeah. what's happening out there i gotta be informed i can't yeah, be left yeah. behind right well this is it yeah well this is uh, this is because of our journalism um it's all exclusive original journalism um we don't because we do videos well, we don't publish that often so i know what story we're working on i keep an eye out for stories but i'm also going to make sure i get a good night's sleep because there's no point if i turn up to work tomorrow morning and i'm and i'm slow or i miss things because i'm knackered it's, what's the point what have i achieved there if, if i was on twitter at, at 1am in the morning and i got nothing out of it or apart from having a very tired the next day being tired the next day there's kind of no point so yeah just for me it's taking that break and relaxing doing some gardening on the weekends having a beer and playing some playstation <laughs> yeah find time for those things yeah otherwise you're going to burn out really quickly and you end up hating what you do and it's not the position you want to be in absolutely mm. yeah I, I totally relate to that mm. and it's such important advice what advice would you have for founders that specifically trying to go into the media space and maybe starting their own publication um don't do it <laughs> it's hard you don't need more competition it's hard <laughs> i can imagine that yeah. is, it, is it a good strategy to if you want to start a media company to decide to start a side hustle maybe start a youtube channel start producing some stuff while you either freelance or have another job even do it in the weekends or is it a good strategy to kind of go all in at once or 
Yeah, or, I think you, you Yeah, I think you need um yeah, okay. So if you're a freelance journalist and you want to just um have a side hustle and start a YouTube channel, that's fine. You need some video editing skills off the bat. Um and I think you probably need to really think about your content strategy as well. This is something we didn't do too much of because um, we're chasing big stories. And with YouTube, um, they favor channels that have lots of content over channels that have thoughtful content. Um, so think about your content. Excuse me, think about your content strategy. Are you going to publish on YouTube? If you are, then have you got enough content to do that? Can you video edit? Can you do it quickly? Um, are you going to publish elsewhere? You don't have to always do um, one of these big... Um, platforms you can do a newsletter uh, news, I think a newsletter would be a really good way to start a publication really interesting different way to do a publication um, you can uh, another one would be Instagram uh, it's much easier to do videos and content on Instagram you can pick up your phone and talk to the camera and people expect that from Instagram videos on YouTube people expect a sort of a very uh, low quality version of television so you need to be doing production to, to a similar kind of level on Instagram you pick up your phone say I've just found this out really interesting check this out um, and, and you're good to go um, so if you're going to start um, a new media business think about where you're publishing your content strategy um, and also you need to think about how you're going to monetize it hmm. you need to think about how you're going to you've got to think about how you're going to monetize it um, what are you doing we've got a unique idea we spent time doing this but this was part of the process hmm. Um but also, you need to think about um, if, if you're doing the type of journalism we do, uh, do you have uh, lawyers? Do you have access to lawyers? Um, do you have access to editors, people to look over your work? You, you, can't, you can't just publish your own stuff all the time. You need to have someone look over your work, especially if you're calling a company out saying you've done something wrong or someone. Um, you need to have someone in your corner, basically. We're fortunate. We've got a partnership with Engadget. Um, and uh, Engadget basically... Uh, pay for a, a part-time journalist to work with us we also get to use their sort of legal help and we get to um publish on their, their platform as well so we're fortunate in that and that and they kind of cover all those headaches for us so if you can get something like that then then great um but you need to think about all these different things doing journalism is not uh, an easy job because if a lawsuit comes your way then what are you do you have the money to fund that what are you going to mm. do you know mm. um so you know it's it's a lot of it's a difficult thing to do difficult thing to do you need to really think about it of course there's different types of journalism you might you may not do stuff where you call people out you might do um more sort of positive type of uh, work and in that case then that might be it might be a bit easier um but you know there's still quite a few headaches around monetizing content because there's so much content and um mm. there's so much competition out there mm. so you need to really have a niche and something you're gonna, you're going to go for we talked to about misinformer earlier yeah. and we're coming to an end slowly. So mm. let's uh, tell everyone where they can support the Kickstarter campaign. Sure. As this will be released, I think there will be a week left in the yeah, Kickstarter got- campaign. So <laughs> if you listen to this uh, about a week after uh, it's released, please head to the Kickstarter page. How yes. can people find it? Yeah. So if you go to uh, youtube.com forward slash point report, you'll see our. Um, you'll see the Kickstarter video and you'll see our Misinformer video. But also, if you just Google Misinformer, it's the first thing that comes up. It's the Kickstarter page, first thing that comes up. We've had a lot of press. We've been fortunate. So uh, we were in Eurogamer, in Polygon, we're in Engadget. Um, we were in Journalism Code UK, The Drum. Um, we were in Neiman Lab uh, just last week. Um, and yeah, we've been, we've been absolutely everywhere. So yeah, Google it. You'll find it. Uh, one more thing I wanted to say. One... The, the other part of Misinformer and what we're going to do, and this is the first time I've talked about this to anyone mm. in the press, is that 
um, off the back of the games, hopefully within the next year, if we can make enough money from the game, we will uh, make short 10 minute Bandersnatch Black Mirror style uh, uh, fictional stories, um, videos based again on our journalism. So it's like a whole ecosystem that is based around good quality reporting. So we have an investigative report. We've we've just found out some tobacco companies doing something awful, um, massive exclusive on point. That's turned into a game in some way or another. And then that gets turned into a um, choose your own adventure video as well. So people will get to play and watch a version of the news. Mm. Um, And I'm hoping this becomes like a, a whole media thing. And ideally... I'm hoping that other freelancers who are freelance journalists who are struggling to make make rents, I know many are because I've been there too, um, they can come and pitch their stories and we will share the revenue from the game and the videos with them as well. This is like a, this is a public servicing we're doing here. We're doing this to make sure that we fight misinformation, but also to make sure that journalists get paid for the hard work they do because we need more good quality journalists. So if you're out there and you're a journalist listening, then come and pitch me your stories. Um, but let's get the Kickstarter funded first. Funded yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> um, going to we'll go, go after there. this recording, I'm going to go and pledge. I think uh, you can actually become a character in the game if you pledge a certain amount. Correct. So yeah, yeah. if you want to get uh, 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 so, some fame out there, yeah. then please, <laughs> please pledge to the campaign. Yeah, please uh, do. Please my do. last question to you would be, yeah. if you think about it, next 10 years um Mm. uh how does the world look like if point and misinformer and your plan succeed Mm. um i think i I can i can imagine it's a difficult question you know (laughs) it's a good question yeah yeah i'm trying to think oh that's a good (laughs) question well my my, i guess i've got um quite humble plans um i'm not trying to be a millionaire um and uh i'm not trying to build a, a giant uh, um, business. It's not really my, it's not my thing. My, <laughs> my thing was always just to do good quality investigative journalism. So I would hope that we are, we have enough money to continue doing good quality investigative journalism, but also um, that we inspire other people via Misinformer and via our new video series um, to become journalists themselves. Um, I would hope that we have some, even if it's small impact on misinformation because I think that is the biggest issue affecting our democracy right now um, just this massive spread of information that people can't verify to be true or false um, if we can have some impact on that if we can ha- give some people the critical skills to say let me double check this if not just critical skills but the tools they know to look up on uh, a DNS lookup or if they know um, how to find out you know, where websites come from um, where information's come from all that kind of stuff so if we can have an impact on that um, then I'd be extremely happy. And if some people, young people want to become journalists and they cite us as inspiration, then I'd be doubly as happy. Um, but ultimately, if we can get some money in the pockets of journalists out there doing good work and they continue to do that and other people continue to do that because they can actually afford to do it, then I'd be more more than happy to do so. Um, if Netflix want to come by the video series, then I'm uh, yeah, <laughs> I've got I've got no problems with that. Either. Netflix, you heard uh, yeah, the yeah. the Bandersnatch type <laughs> content that's going to come out. So there we go. You, you heard it first. That. So uh, yeah, <laughs> amazing. Thanks very much for joining me today, and all the best on that journey. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review and share the episode with a friend. To keep updated on new episodes, visit impacthustlers.com and sign up for our email alerts. And also follow us on Twitter at impacthustlers. Thanks very much for tuning in and see you next week.
This was Impact Hustlers, the podcast on entrepreneurs and change makers that are creating solutions to the world's biggest problems. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Fast Forward 2030 and Real Changers. Visit fastforward2030.com to learn how to include the global goals into your business model and realchangers.com to find talent and careers with impact.